Who did you have to use auto-tune the least on? Chris, I didn't have to tune you hardly at all. I nudged some of your timing. That's that's what we wanted. That's, that's the, why we asked the, the question. The greatest of all time. Yeah. That one. And uh, where did I rank on the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just perfect. On, at, saying it that way with that voice is just chef's kiss. Yeah, I know. Like, couldn't even get it out. <laughs> where, did, where did my voice rank? This is The Greg Cody Show with... Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. I feel like the way I'm starting this episode could have been the way I started every single episode in the history of the Greg. I'm going I'm to do that again because my yeah. dad. Hang on. <laughs> you know what? I feel like we should just leave it in. You know what? You don't get the reward of us restarting. We're keeping that. We're keeping all of that. <laughs> they want a reward. Look at that. I, I, and what the joke I was making there was I could literally every episode in the history of the Greg Cody show could, there. Wow. What the, what the? I almost said the F word. I love this. All right. All I apologize. The, Hang on. All of the episodes could have been started with me making fun of my dad's voice because his voice has been shite for the entire existence of this podcast. So we could literally no, start. Hasn't. We could start every episode with me just making fun of your voice and it would fit. And, and it's no different today. We have two. We have two interviews. So I'm starting because my dad's voice is so shite that he needs someone else to talk. Hello, Dad. Hey, how you doing? Oh wow! Like of course there it actually. See when I go low, when I go low, it's not as bad. When I try to go high, it's terrible. <laughs> this is like if it wasn't so alarming and sad. Like all I have to do is make fun of you because it's, it makes me so sad. And uh, thank you. Anyway, who do we got today? <laughs> I think we have an episode that is going to get the Levitard Show fans very excited. We have Whoa. what some would call an exclusive with JT Daly, the maker of the Levitard Show musical, along with Mike Ryan. Um, we have a nice conversation with him, and we get into it. We get to hear his favorites, his least favorites, how, what this musical means to his career. We learn about his career. I'm doing the thing now where I say everything in the interview. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we also fun of me for and we also talked to joey dad and not my friend joey for the diehards <laughs> uh explain dad who joey is well listen you talk about an exclusive with jt daily we have an exclusive with the babe ruth of highlight joey uh joey cornblit who <laughs> literally is like the most famous highlight player in the history of the united states do you think he would have been more famous in his career if he had gone by Cornblit instead of Joey? It could be. I'm excited for both these interviews and for everyone to hear them. Um, Yeti, we need to talk to and maybe have a therapy session for because he did he was not able to make it for the JT interview. So I want to know on the front end, Yeti, how like you're doing with that. I'm sad. I'm very sad. <laughs> yeah, I, I've expressed my my frustrations to you before about how uh, you know sometimes being a responsible adult and having to have a day job you know yeah. makes me yeah makes me sad because I miss out on cool stuff. But th- and yeah. today was one of those days. But I'm just sad. I can't wait to Quit being on, so responsible. <laughs> I can't I can't wait for on the back end of this interview with JT to make fun of you for something, Getty. But we can't get yeah. to it yet. That's right. We're excited about it. Great. I'm so looking forward to being made fun of. <laughs> In fact, let's just get to that. We have well, wait a minute. Okay. No, no. Wow. Greg's taking Before control. we get to this, I just have to say something that's on everybody's mind right now. It'll just take a couple of minutes. Okay. You know, 
the baseball lockout is over. Baseball's back. And Deshaun Watson, they are not going to charge him criminally. It was determined. So despite 22 lawsuits against him. So now he's free to sign with uh, any team. But the biggest news is this. So we're just, are we just doing, is this the news station? Like are people, in case people haven't learned. Yeah, but listen, this is by far the biggest news of the week. And I'm reading this directly from a news report. An invasive species of spider the size of a child's hand is expected to colonize the entire East Coast this spring by parachuting down from the sky. Jesus. Those assholes are all in my backyard already, Greg. It's the Joro spider. You know what? That's correct. Because researchers at the University of Georgia announced this. Yeah. So cover yourself, protect yourself. I think you said that uh, that a bunch of spiders are going to be parachuting in. Yeah, so these are these are called the Joro spider. They're an invasive species from Japan. They've settled in Georgia for some reason, and we found them at the end of the summer, right at the beginning of the fall this past year. Wow. Started with just two, and then in like a week, there was like a hundred. And then like a week from that, our trampoline was completely overridden. Well, maybe they just like to jump. What do you think the chances are? Maybe they like to hump. What do, what do you think the chances are that they're just a fan of the song Georgia? Georgia, and that's what made them land on Georgia. Georgia. You have clearly taken the mantle from your father. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Okay, where are we going? Who are we heading to? Let's go talk to JT Daly. He helped make the musical. I already set up who he is. Everyone knows who he is. Let's hear our fun conversation with JT Daly. Yo. Yo. Oh, there he is. Hey, guys. There he is. What's good? Number one. Yeah crushing it oh my god dude what a time what a time to be alive what a time, huh? man so are you going to austin yep i leave tomorrow morning we're recording this friday yeah oh my gosh dude and how long are you there for just till tuesday oh my gosh are you going are you gonna be out there no no yeah. i'm dodged that bullet this year my yeah, friend. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm honestly i've never been i've never even been to austin so I, i've heard it's cool so I'm, oh, ex- I'm looking forward to it you are gonna have a blast yeah i'm just i try i'm just attaching myself to mike ryan i was like i'm sure you know the places to be so i'm just gonna be yeah. hanging out with you yeah love it man <laughs> i love it yeah i do too i've been to austin uh for a couple of long weekends and it's a great place phenomenal Fantastic. Go ahead, um, Dad. We, we like to do a casual start around here. My dad can be really awkward at the start. So this, this, well, this setup should be good. I'm sure he has something written out. Okay. First of all, I have nothing written out. It's all extemporaneous. But uh, we're honored to be talking with JT Daly, the uh, musician, songwriter, producer, and the creative force behind the number one album in the country, <laughs> The Levitard Shows, The Big Game. JT Daly, congrats. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, guys. Are, are we allowed and, to say numbers? Like, is it just on iTunes? Like, what's the distinction here? What, when are you? What are we? Do we have any actual credence to say we're the number one album in the country? You can say that that on Apple's charts, yes, you were. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's yeah. good enough. Which, little, parent, what, little parentheses. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Which you know, it's like there's going to be people on one side of the fence that are going to be like. Uh, whatever and then there's going to be other people on you know the other side that are like that it's really hard it's no matter what anyone says it is very it's crazy it's crazy that it happened it's unbelievable your fans are remarkable i would say i would say it's 
it's almost equally a testament to what you and Mike pulled off in 28 days is equally as impressive as our fan base rallying together, right? I would say like that's those are two crazy feats. Yeah, it's it's kind of incredible that it worked on that level, on that level for yeah. sure. It, is yeah. it frustrating for you on any level of like I've worked so hard on so many projects mm-hmm. that maybe haven't you know what I mean? No. So it's like you see this and it's like you're like that's cheap. That's just they have like a lot of fans and they like you no. know what I mean as opposed to like people that really work this their whole life. No, not at all because I mean uh there are for starters a lot of people in the music industry now they they kind of just want to be famous even more than they want to make art. They want to right. be um content creators. They want to just like kind of live on social media and and that I'm not saying that that's like it has any less value. It's just a different thing entirely. Yeah. And some of those people are on the charts and and th- there are a lot of ways to critique this situation, but right. I I I think well, I know that I'm really proud of of the album that we made. Me too. I'm proud yeah. of what you did. I'm proud of I, I, it is art. That's a. I've gotten feedback from friends that are just like, dude, like this. I was ready. I was going into this. I was like, gonna text you and be like, you guys, are, this was lame. But like, yeah. he's like, I was feeling things. He's oh, like, yeah. when Billy comes in on this song, he's like, yeah. He's like, dude, and and, and art is a good way. He, my, one of my good buddies who's like really into music. He's like, dude, you you guys took us on. You took me on an adventure, and I was smiling the whole time. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, yeah, dude, that is really cool. That's huge. I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, we wanted to make something that was, you know, bold, like a, yeah. a statement and the whole time do it with a wink. The whole time yeah. be like, Perfect. we aren't taking ourselves seriously here, but man, are we going for it? And right. that yeah. is that is the sweet spot to, to, to be, you know, to make something uh, just anything in any medium, yeah. because you can always lean back and be like, but you know, we're joking, you know, because right, right, <laughs> so, right. it's when you take yourself too seriously in anything that you, you can start to lose your own audience. Yeah. There's, there's so many little touches that I love, such as um, when they talk about uh, uh, let's have a beer and I hope it's a Miller light because yeah. Miller light sponsors the show, you know, just yeah. little touches like that, that flew over so many people's heads. But if, if you get the show, Oh, that's just a special touch. Yeah. JT, I want to, um, we're going to talk some more about the, the musical itself, but uh, I want to give people your bona fides and uh, allow them to put in perspective where this mm-hmm. accomplishment ranks for you, because you're an accomplished producer and musician, Nashville based. Um, you were the front guy for the, the rock group, the paper route, or did, did you say root or route? Because it, it can depends be both. on where you're from. Yeah. yeah. I, I said route. I'm from Ohio. Okay. Yeah. 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 And you've been a two time Grammy nominee both as producer right correct and, and songwriter yeah for rock yeah song. yeah mm-hmm. so so get it right dad i mean yeah Jesus. <laughs> you, know, you know so you've done some stuff uh you yeah. have a, a legit resume where's this rank I, that's Where actually a good this question this is like don't you dare say this like i'm gonna you know where is this, this rank this, uh you know this this is I always imagine, and I'm sure you guys can relate. I always imagine in scenarios like this, answering questions with my wife next to me, because that brings out the true honesty. Because if I was lying, she in a second would be like, no, you told me, you know, Um, I would say that this is actually really high up there because of different reasons, though. It's high up there for me because I have so much uh, an immense respect for the the levitard family in general it's it's been something that has been almost like a refuge for me you know just when i've listened to this show in 
probably 15 countries, wow. you know, touring where, where, when I feel homesick, I would listen oh, wow. to the show during the pandemic. I would listen to the show when my daughter wasn't sleeping at night. And I, you know, my firstborn, I was listening yeah. to this show. This is a common denominator in my life that has brought me so much joy. And I just have a lot of respect for it. It's really hard to pull off with what the Levitard show does, which is, you know, you are cramming in really intense subjects and thought provoking things and me, that, and then, you know, and then me also. Yeah. And then, yeah. and Chris. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. But like, you have to have, both. Right. you can't have one without the other. The combination is what makes it incredible. It's truly, truly a special thing. Yeah. So say, saying all that, lo- having so much respect for the show and then getting a call on, Hey, do you want to try and make something? you know, that you would be proud of. It's almost like, I don't even know if that's yeah. possible, but I'm going to say yes. And we're going to figure out, you know, we're going to figure it out when yeah. we get there. And the fact that we did, and the fact that even like my engineer, Josh level, who I, I work with him on all of my albums, the fact that, you know, in the end I had to, you know, I was sending yeah. him tracks. Some people don't know that this is, this was the last phase is that I was giving him stuff like the big yeah. game, the last song, it's over 200 tracks. Oh my God. And yeah. you know, some songs, you know, um, like the black keys might have eight tracks total in a song. You know, we have 200 in that song from audio sounds to a whistle that happens behind your ear when witty says you know flags are falling you know to crowds with so many things are happening so josh you know um was helping me the entire time and even he at the end of it was like man i don't know what this means but this is one of my favorite things i've ever worked on and i just i think it translated it just worked and i think that there was such there was so much innocence in the creative process where mike and i were just trusting our guts yeah you know i would just be like i need you know tony tony hates musicals and we need to somehow push back i want to go from back in my day to the most serious like highbrow moment i want it to sound like he's getting picked up in a car and the door shut something you would hear on a kendrick lamar album and I want there to be a conversation and then we need Juju and I want it to go from a car sound to them passing Cuba music. So people are like, Oh my gosh, they're in Miami yeah. to all of a sudden the voice goes from the left speaker to the center. Yes. And then it becomes a production. And I, while I'm doing that, Mike is meanwhile writing brilliance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, and, and he just trusted me. And I just trusted him. Like, I know what you're going to bring me is going to work. And he just left like, dude sure they're in a car yeah. you know like, <laughs> pull it off yeah. meanwhile i'm like recording seatbelts snapping you know <laughs> um which i did like and 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 That's you never great. realize like how many sounds there are like you can't just have a seatbelt sound you need to have the sound of someone sitting down and yeah. then the seatbelt you know and then you realize, well, Tony should be here in your ear and Juju should be here. Um, so, dude, that's if you haven't listened to it with headphones yet, you need to because, like, it's, it's a game changer, like, with the shit that you hear. I poured lots of hours in, yeah. into that mix. Yeah. How long oh, would it normally take? I know you wanted to go, Dad, but I, I just, just jumping <laughs> yeah. off what he just said, how long would this normally take? 11 songs? So, I never, so I just mixed a song. We turned it in for mastering this morning. 
and it's it's a uh, a bigger artist and it's my favorite mastering engineer in the world and so it's basically what i mean by that is this is the proper right. time frame and it took an entire week to mix that song and it's because this artist is really particular right sometimes i can i can do a mix in a day you know a day yeah. or, or two days and if and if the artist hears it and they're like yeah i'm in but this artist you know would be like I don't hear my S on this word and the hi-hat can be turned up here. And so that was long. So somewhere between a day and like six days, really long. Wow. But I was mixing two songs a day Yeah. and we were writing two songs a day, <laughs> you know, cause a lot of people look at the calendar and they're like, all right, so yeah, you probably, you know, you wrote these songs and then, you know, you had to record it, but then they aren't factoring in that this also, I think there are 19 voices on this in the end. <laughs> I counted and like 18 of them can't sing, you know, yeah, in air yeah, quotes, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Well, but I do feel like I should say we should circle all the way back. Probably like top five for me was not only turning in uh, this album and having the people that I respect what you guys do, having you be like, we love it. And it worked. It does. It, fit. it does. Fit. We, we aren't, we aren't embarrassed. We, we aren't making fun of it, you know, but because we have to. You know, we're making fun of it because we can. Chef's kiss. Go yeah. ahead, Dad. Well, so, let's finally yeah. let my dad in. I feel like me and you. We've yeah, been I'm going. sorry. I'm sorry. No, sorry. it's me yeah. and you. We're vibing. This. Let's go ahead, Dad. Yeah. It's the voice. It's the voice. That's quite all right. Yeah. Um, JT, when you mentioned earlier um, why you love the show so much, you told yeah. me once you likened it to the John Oliver of sports, which is such high praise. It, it's fantastic. Yeah. But the challenge for me, what really intrigues me about what you did with this album, pardon my voice. <laughs> Is that, um, like you say, you're working with 18, 19 voices who can't sing. You're trying to yeah. make people who are total amateurs into a mic singing, make them sound decent or sound like you want. How big a challenge was that? Yeah, it was pretty hard. It, it, <laughs> it was. Uh, I will say, though, I have worked with people who can sing on pitch perfectly and their rhythm is great. But we will do days worth of recording because the X factor isn't there. Like the just there's something off, like the just doesn't hit right or the timbre yeah. of their voice is off. And, you know, as much as Dan wants to like just beat into the ground, like we are horrible. Like, yeah. how did you do this? You know, the 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 dark secret here is that this is for for the most part an audio medium that you guys have been successful at for over you know what, what's the line decades yeah. and decades whatever yeah, yeah. dan says all the time yeah, yeah. yeah. Across and um, decades. across decades <laughs> and so if if i think about you guys as a band the sum is greater than the individual parts yeah. so everyone has a role that they play and when i listen to you guys and i hear you know billy chime in and then I hear Chris laughing in the background off the mic. Yeah. And then I hear Witty come in with a very, you know, regal voice. Everyone has a role. So the hardest part, the X factor was already done with this. I just had to write songs that served that, you know, I knew that Jessica was going to land hard on the pitch and sound like a Disney character. I knew Billy, if, if I got him to sing in like a whisper, it would work because he has that the the color song. That was a, that's a great idea because Billy, I was so I've never heard Billy yeah. sing before, and yet he came in with this. It's special. Anything you want, like I was like, oh right? my god, right? Like, <laughs> I know it's like legitimate, like 
that part of that song is like yeah oh my god (laughs) (laughs) yeah billy had one of my favorite uh session moments too where i think it might have been that song even let's just say it's that melody which by the way the fact for listeners that just heard, you just sang that on pitch right. and on rhythm. Right. So that go, you can sing, I, you know, yeah, yeah. and people, people recognize your voice. Those are the two hardest thing, like bridges to cross. We were already so much further than I think you thought you were. Well, I knew, I know I'm sneaky good at everything. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. deep down, I'm like, I could do this, <laughs> but you know, but I also hate myself. So I question myself immediately. We already yeah. did that on the Levitard show. So. I'm talking, I'm working that out with my therapist. Yeah. Back to Billy. Yeah. Billy. Uh, I think it was on that part. He was just like, okay. So, you know, he hadn't heard the part yet. And so I'm just like, anything you want. And he was like, anything you want. And I'm like, that's perfect. And he's like, it is. I'm like, it, you just sang it perfectly. Yeah. Like he, I don't even think he knew. And then I obviously knew that you could sing Greg. And it mostly was just me finding a key that you would feel comfortable so it's like, you know, it, yes, it was really hard because I had to tune everyone, yeah. but the, the, I didn't need a lot of takes because once I got you even close to the pitch, it just sounded exciting. And that's the thing is that, you know, the more that we have these machines that make things perfect, like drummers are directly on the grid is what they call yeah. it. You know, they're on the beat every time and singers are directly on the pitch the more um, humanity is pulled out of it, the less musical it can become. You know, that's always been kind of my theory on like the mumble rap movement was that I felt like we kept on taking out more things that made it human. So then we added another human aspect, which is I'm not even going to enunciate. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I, I had a drummer that, that told me once, you know, that if you zoom in super close, a downbeat is like when I say like one, two, yeah. three, four, that's the downbeat is like, boom, right. now the song's in, you know, yeah. I, I had a drummer tell me like, if, if you zoom in super close, wherever your kick hits that downbeat, that defines you as a, as a musician, you know, John Bonham is going to be behind the beat. Stuart Copeland's going to be ahead of the beat. You know, you have all these different drummers that have their own feel. So the feel, the excitement, the human aspect of it was there. And as I was hearing you guys record this, I was like, man, I think the listeners are going to love it (laughs) because I'm hearing the podcast in a musical. Right. You know? Yeah. And you mentioned, like you mentioned the small amount of takes. I was almost disappointed how little my, it was like, I think I was there for like (laughs) an hour and a half with you. Maybe, maybe an hour. I don't remember, but I just remember multiple songs. I just remember being like, yeah. Cause like you got, I would on the chorus on multiple and then like a lot of uh, the goat, but I was just, I remember being like, oh, that's it. Like I wanted to do this more. This was fun. Just cause like, I kind of like, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed just watching you and Mike work too. Like it was just, it was really cool to be a part of. No, it was an absolute blast. Here's something else people don't know about this number one album and how uh, great it turned out is that JT, I want you to describe the place where you did so much of your work. The I call it the, uh, the cardboard yeah. studio. Describe the, the workspace. So it's where they filmed Highly Questionable, right? Yeah. yeah. Am I the corner, yeah. It was like the corner of that room where they filmed right. Highly Questionable. Yeah. Yeah. The corner of the room um the tundra it is <laughs> the tundra. just below zero have you recovered yet from that 
I barely have. I was <laughs> sick the first weekend that I was there. Yeah. Like I worked two days and then had a weekend was sick the whole weekend. Yeah. My nose was just running. I would touch it and it would be cold. <laughs> I was wearing a hoodie pulled up over my head and like blankets. We had a space heater just on blast spitting out flames from hell to attempt to keep me warm. It was so it was a painful cold and I don't understand how it got that cold, but it did. And, um, the first couple of days I didn't even have the boxes up and I would be recording and like a mean would be right behind me. <laughs> and I have air quote professional mixers and producers. They use headphones that are called open back headphones. And what it means is you, you put on headphones, but the sound goes through the headphone. So you're almost still in the room. It's the closest thing to monitors. So it takes on the acoustics of a room in a sense. And so if I were to put those on and listen to what I was working on, it would be like I was just playing it on my laptop speaker. It would be that loud. So I couldn't use those right. because they were recording live. So I had to use like old iPhone corded headphones. <laughs> so I had those on with a hoodie. And I realized after the first day, this is just not going to work. Like I cannot get into yeah. a vibe at all. Yeah. So they brought me the space heater and then we took all the monitor boxes yeah. that were stacked up in the corners of the Levitard studios and we built walls. <laughs> um, so it was just cardboard boxes. And then I took all the props from skits you guys have done over years yeah a robe, some like Viking costume. Yep. I just took all of these things and that's what soundproofed the recording. Um, there was like a number one foam finger that I was using as like a pop filter. Yeah. It was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. It ended up being cozy though. You had a nice light in there. There was a vibe. Like we were, there was a vibe yeah. in there. It wasn't just boxes. Yeah. Created a vibe. Yeah. Anything made in restraint can still, it can force you to be even more creative. Yeah. And, um, you know, I also read one time this person was talking about making albums and whatnot. And they compared it to vacations and how, if you go on a vacation, if you don't do something that takes you out of your comfort zone within the first three days, you won't even remember the vacation like mm. two years from now. And I like that. I liken that a lot to making albums where if you're just in your comfort zone the entire time, you don't really get to that spot where you're like, all right, so are are we making something, you know, like we aren't forced to think outside of the box yet. It's kind of like that so, with shows, like it kind of like I that imagine. with our shows where like, if you want to have something in that first hour, that's like, okay, we're cooking here as opposed to just yes. like, we're taking, we're taking turns talking too much. Like, yeah. So there was something special about, yeah, I'm surrounded by cardboard. I'm freezing. Yeah, It's not convenient, <laughs> but great stuff is coming from it. If, yeah. I'll say this. If, if the songs weren't happening, I would have been like, this isn't going to work. Right. But that wasn't the case. Yeah. You know, it was magical. It was a magical time. We had to sit down and have some nice lunches together. Look at us. Some salmon. You remember lunches. you like, you like the salmon S salmon in it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Doing it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let me what? tell you something. Uh, JT, I was more than thrilled by the way the back of my day song turned out. I've listened to it a dozen times and today I, I don't know what yeah. <laughs> what would you call the place of that song in the musical is it comic relief because the from the minute you hear the first note yeah it's you it, know it sounds so different than 
every other song on the album. Yeah, I wanted yours to be dangerously campy is how I would describe it in the beginning. Like I almost wanted listeners to be like when your song started, like, Oh, here's the old stuff again. Yeah. Right. And then as the song progressed for them to be like, no, this is like going somewhere. And I actually, Josh and I did this. We mixed purposefully. The first half of your song is almost mono, which means it's like right down the middle. And so your voice, nothing's really catching your ear you know, mm-hmm. too much. And it's just right down the middle. And then as soon as like the horn section kicks in, it goes completely stereo. Yeah. And you, the first time you yell, it's behind your head. I, right. We actually did it in surround sound. So yeah. I wanted people to almost forget they were listening to something that serious and then be wowed to, you know, like demand their attention halfway yeah. through so that they have to go back and listen. To I love it. Watch out. Yeah, yeah, so you know, good. It totally worked, and my voice is so terrible and scratchy. Be but. honest with him, though. My dad is one of these people. He's the best character on our show because he's just genuine mm-hmm. and he doesn't get the show. Sometimes he called me. He's like, "God, I love this song." He's like, "Do you like the coughing thing at the end?" I'm like, "Dad, that is so." F- great and he's just like <laughs> he's so self-serious and he's just like i don't yeah, know yeah, i don't yeah, i think uh, yeah. the beginning is like I, and i'm just like dad your yeah. scatting at the yeah. end is like the best like so over the top epic yeah. yeah i've had people that's probably one of them like one of the most common pe- thing people have told me is like the coughing destroyed me. yeah <laughs> yeah it, it grew on me and the, and the best part yeah. of it the best part of it was not just me coughing but toward the end where you made music out of it Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah. wasn't you in rhythm, Dad. I I thought that was you. Yeah. In rhythm. <laughs> uh, that was brilliant. I, that brilliant. was thank you. Uh, I stole that from Kanye. There's a moment in <laughs> "I Am a God" where he's like screaming, like ha, ah! and at the very end of the song, he sneaks in. It's like ha ah, 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 ah. He like tunes it. And you're like whoa! Yeah. Like nerds would have picked that out, and that was one of the first things i told mike i think like if i go back to my initial text ideas one of them was like we need to get greg coughing and i want to tune it into an instrument and i also told him like i want the jets to be the only thing Stu says um that was the other thing that i pitched to him (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was great who did you have to use auto-tune the least on the least on probably um it's kind of sucks because everyone's saying that jessica is tuned a lot that's just how she sings. So I need to let all the haters know something right now. Jess comes down on her pitch like really hard, which is like not much control. You know, if I'm being like super hard yeah. on her, like if she wanted to be a professional singer, yeah. she just comes down really hard on the pitch. Uh, you got the reasons. Yeah. You got the reasons. Yeah. She like hits it hard. Right. And it kind of sounds like a, yeah. it yeah. kind of sounds like the tune. Yeah. I actually didn't have to tune her that much at all. Wow. Her, I, Chris, I didn't have to tune you hardly at all. I nudged some of your timing. That's, that's what we wanted. That's, that's the, why we asked the, the question. The greatest of all time. Yeah. That one. I also will say maybe your best run didn't make the album and I'm heartbroken over it. Why? Cause I like ran it. Did I critique it or something right after or something? No, it just, it was, it was happening as the same time as like a lead vocal that needed to be the, the up front thing. It was in LA and let's see, you went to the Super Bowl. You did yeah. that. Yeah. And and it it didn't make it. Oh. And I'm I'm kind of crushed. I really tried to make it happen, man. I fancy myself someone who always like could like <laughs> 
I don't know what I can do. What can I do? Can I carry a tune? Can I hang? What am I good yeah. at? What is my strength? I would say you can carry a tune. I can carry Definitely. a tune. Definitely. All right. Boom. Yeah. You heard it from JT Daily. Yep. So suck it, yeah. Twitter. And then um, let's see. I'm trying to think of Dan is probably the one that I had to do the most. <laughs> and it's because um, his voice has like such a growl in it there's such a rasp in there that tuning it was kind of hard. Like we would, we would try to like mess with the note and you could just hear the tune like instantly. So we had to be really strategic about how much we tuned Dan. And uh, where did I rank on the, uh... <laughs> just perfect on at saying it that way with that voice is just chef's kiss. Yeah, I know. Like couldn't even get it out. <laughs> where, did, where did my voice ring? Okay. Hold on one second. I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause the I'm hitting the cough button mentally because my engineer is <laughs> grabbing something mentally. What's the word in my, in our we mind, keep it real yeah, casual. Man. You're really good, man. We can be pretty casual. Yeah, All right. you can get so this is Josh, by the way, this is Josh who also works. What's up, Josh, dude, you're a King. What's up, they man? say hi. And they said that you're a King. I would, uh, Greg, hardly any, truly hardly any, the thing with you was I just had to find the right takes because by the time we did three takes, your voice was so shot that you yeah. sounded like Tom Waits straight out of the first verse. Right. Well, that's, <laughs> so you know, I had to be strategic okay. about when we went to those. Yeah. What's your yeah. favorite song? Um, the last song is, is, is probably yeah. the, is probably my favorite moment on the album. Like, favorite song is it when song? is your favorite like, part about, is your favorite part in that song like when dan finally comes back with nothing when that song finally comes back right yeah that song at that yeah. moment is like okay that's another one of those moments yeah. where you're like okay we did this is something yeah i i'm really really proud of how that one turned yeah. out but nothing stops the nfl is really good um it it like kind of hits me in an emotional way <laughs> i know that's ridiculous to say about yeah. a, a comedy album but that song, like, kind of, that is, like, my elevator pitch for, like, what the Levitard show is. Because, especially with Dan singing it, it's, those first lines are punishingly yeah. hard to hear, yeah. you know? And, and then, um, oh, the witching hour. Exactly. <laughs> and and that's, that is my, the, my favorite moments on the Levitard show are, tend to be that really 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 serious and then you like trip at the end the laugh at the end of a serious segment almost yes yeah yes it helps and um no one else is doing it this type of thing at this level uh i would say i would say la i mean i'm, I'm a narcissist so goat is the one yeah. I, and then goat special and yeah. then la and nothing stops the for those are the ones i find myself in the car like jamming to the most i'd say so far yeah. i mean i'll probably you know move on to other ones but that that's dad just listens to his like i guarantee you he hasn't even heard the rest of the album yeah. no i i have <laughs> i have heard the whole album and and the little yeah. uh we gotta let little, jt go by the way dad yeah he, i know you're all, little, good. you're all good the, the uh the little kicker with izzy gutierrez is also funny it's just oh. the perfect that was a Punch one take by Izzy. That needs to be said. That I say every take. time it comes, I gotta say it. Like yeah. Izzy walked in. It. it was like five minutes. Izzy walked in and, and it was just like Izzy, we want to do this thing. He did it. One take. All right. Thanks, Izzy. I was like, that's that took me, it would have taken me a week. Yeah, I I filmed the entire that whole bit. And that was Mike's idea that, that rapping with that. Yeah. Um, that was one of his first ideas. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it's it's really, really rare to um to be a part of something like this that yeah. was as enjoyable to make yes you know it, it was a stressful 
couple of weeks for all of us because this was happening during the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, I was cold, but for the most part, I mean, what an incredible thing to have been a part of. Same. Yeah, it was a little it was a little masterpiece is what it was. I mean, it would have been tough enough to just do 11 songs, but to give them a, a musical quality, to give them a, a linear quality was um, really good. I really enjoyed it. He's so emotional. He just can't like we he just can't talk anymore. He's so <laughs> yeah, distraught about He's how so moved. I'm weeping. <laughs> weeping with joy right now yeah so what so what's that like what's now this is this is where i just pick your brain for uh pick your 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 telephone like i want to know like you've worked with some people who give me the biggest names in your phone that you could text and they will actually text you back (laughs) i don't even and you don't have to play this we can we can just end there if i just oh man i Man, I don't. I, you this, you this don't want to say it because then, like, I get. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see yeah, you, famous I'm, people. You have to like. There's repercussions when you say things. There are. Yeah, there are. Right. Yeah, that that's that just makes you seem even more famous. The fact that you can't say it. That's just like. God yeah. Damn. Well, I mean, I don't want to be like like that guy either. It's just yeah. you know, it's a weird. I I will say, um, and and you you know this. I mean, you just got back from the super bowl week it's like it's always just nuts when you meet someone that you like look up to and you're like oh whoa you are so normal you are just totally another human being and and i think that um that that is another that's actually a better question than i asked of like the most like the coolest moment of like i can't believe my life has gotten me to where i'm meeting this person who's that yeah oh my gosh um I mean, they're going to be like ultra nerds that that you guys are going to be like, I don't even know who you're talking about and I don't care, you know? Um, I mean, there's just been so many things um, from like Gwen Stefani to like Michelle Gondry, this brilliant music video and film director. He did like Eternal Sunshine for the Spotless Mind. He did like all the White Stripes videos back in the day. Mm. Yeah. I met him at his art installation and we had a conversation and it was just insane. Um, Have you met Brendan Benson? Yes and no. I asked you that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I used to be really into motorcycles and I started like a group of guys that would hang out and ride here in Nashville. And a few times like, the black keys dudes and the raconteurs would, would join us. And so we we would ride around and we would do like group rides and I've met him a few times, but not like, you know, yeah, I actually went, there was a group, an artist he was producing in it and I got invited to a showcase for that as well. So I, I don't know what, what he's up to these days. How does that met Jack white? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, there's just, you meet, so so many people you know i know I'm, this is going to end and i'm just going to be like why didn't i say that person um <laughs> how does it how does it work when you get an artist that you respect and, and they invite you to listen to their stuff and you have to balance giving feedback of like i don't want to be too critical but they want feedback that's why they're showing it to me is that like a, yeah, an yeah. interesting thing or are you just always like i'm bro- i'm brutally honest and i live with it i i have i've had to get to a place where I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. yeah. Where, where you, you have to tell them because I'm, I'm hired for my taste. Right. Like that's it, you know? And that's the crazy thing about being a producer is, yeah. you know, we, you can dissect it in any, you know, so many different ways. But the reality is, is I'm brought into a room because someone wants to know if I like something yeah. or not. And um, so I have to be honest with them. Like, yeah, this is working. This isn't working. And sometimes 
it, you know, you, you, it heads. That's, and, and that's it the same rough. thing, obviously producing radio. Like I became better once I had a voice that I felt like I'm finally going to start speaking up now. It's not just like yes, yeah. yesing everything. I'm just happy to be here. It's I'm going to give my opinions because they want it. So yeah, that's, yep. it really is producing. I guess that it's different, but at the same in like all the different genres. Totally. Yep. Yep. Cool, man. This has been great, Dad. Do you have any more yeah. uh, terrible sounding questions before we get him out of here? Uh, yeah, I, and you, you guys are golden. No, I yeah. I have more questions, but my voice won't allow me to ask them at this point. Which oh, great. I'm ridiculous. sorry. But I will say, yeah. JT, we look forward to seeing you at the Grammys to yeah. celebrate uh, oh, yeah. the, the win for this for, sure. uh, for this great album. And uh, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I'll, I'll text you guys what I'm wearing to make sure we aren't wearing the same thing. Right. Absolutely. All right. right. Thank you guys so much for having me. What what a joy. Thank you, JT. That was a lot of fun. Yeti, I can now make fun of you for you said in your review of the musical that Dan was the most impressive to you. And uh, JT admitted to us that he had to do more work on Dan than anybody. <laughs> so how do you feel for kind of, you know, not getting that one entirely right? I did say if he could carry a tune, he would be he could be this one of these <laughs> incredible voices that we've ever heard because he's so unique. The emotion that he brought is what I was so impressed with. Yeah. And and the tone when he gets vibrato like like he really owned it and it was oh. and, and that was awesome. But yeah, clearly JT had to do a lot of work. Oh, okay. Look at he's back. he's not taking the yeah. L, dad. You see that? He's he's defending himself. Yeah, he's backpedaling. Hell no, I'm not going to take the L. <laughs> but Chris, he did, I asked the question just to hear the answer that he said me and Jessica he used the least amount of uh auto-tune for. So that's really only that's the only reason I asked him that. Yeah, that's it. So. Yeah, he uh I found it very interesting that he referred to and I don't think this was a criticism. He referred to Jessica's voice as sort of Disney, very theatrical, which um, sounded right. Yeah, like your voice. Bless her. Thank you. Like your voice. All right, let's get to Joey. We don't have time. We 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 have we had a lot of fun with our guests, so we don't have a lot of time in between here. I know that people just want to hear Greg Cody try to talk with how he sounds right now, but he doesn't sound great. Sorry about that, everybody. He he doesn't. You're gonna. Don't worry. You'll hear it in the interview because he doesn't sound great in the interview either. So here's Joey, the Babe Ruth. Of Hylai. Joey? Hey, how you guys doing? How's it going? Good, Joey. Uh, Joey, I was telling Christopher um, before you came on that, that you are the Babe Ruth of American Hylai. And um, I sort of, um, my wife and I used to live uh, in an apartment complex walking distance from Dania Highline. I would say from the mid 80s into the very early 90s. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised so, um, I'm surprised you remember it with how hammered you were the whole time. <laughs> Dad. Uh, I, did, I did drink a few Miller Lights at Dania Highline yeah. in my day. But <clears throat> so the name the name Joey and the sport of Highline are very significant to me. I know that probably half of our audience uh, or more than half have no idea how to spell Highline or that it was once a a big sport in this country, but to anybody who does know Highlight, uh, Joey Corn, but uh, Joey is all you need is um, pretty much a legend in the sport. And the, your voice, the, man, I know. I apologize. <laughs> and and the first American-born player to be a world champion. So uh, Joey, congrats and uh, for the career, and thanks for meeting us. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for those uh, kind words. Yeah, in Dania, I, I started in Dania in '86 through '95. Uh, I left Miami. I uh, played 15 years in Miami and 
had a contract dispute and um, I left. And the next day, uh, Dania got in touch with me and signed me and it worked out great because I moved up from, used to live in Kendall. And I moved up uh, here to Broward. I live in Plantation now and um, it worked out real good. So I can't complain about that. You probably know that um, Magic City Highline in Miami is the only front on left in, in America where uh, professional highlight is still played and and they're doing their best to keep the sport alive and they have a new four-team league that is starting and one of my son owns one of the teams that sets the cyclones uh as crazy as that sounds just a funny <laughs> sentence to hear it's a funny <laughs> sentence to hear what? joey can you explain to people because <clears throat> a large percentage of people listening right now have never heard of highlight they don't know your place in the sport explain to people what was the, the peak years for Highlight in popularity? What were the best times? What were the biggest crowds? What was it like when you felt like you were the star of a really big sport? I was very, very fortunate. Um, I played in the best years of Highlight. I started in 72. I was still a, a, a high school student at Miami Carroll City. I was in my senior year, and I so- signed a contract when I was 16. I really didn't sign it. My parents signed it because I was I wasn't old enough to sign a contract. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know what? You get you go to the fronton, you see those light, those big lights in the sky, and uh, ten thousand people a night, uh, roaring crowds. Wow. You walk in the building, you hear the crack of the ball, you hear the roar of the crowd. It was those years. The 70s and 80s were the best years of highlight. I mean, we had up to 15,000 people uh, on closing night. We'd have a, we'd handle a million dollars between matinee and night in uh, on a Saturday. What were the most intense rivalries like for you amongst the other players? And do you have like, what's your most fierce, like most memorable story of like things maybe getting physical or just most memorable, well, intense competition you know, or, or one game being an american in a sport dominated by uh spanish basque french basque mexicans um needless to say i wasn't too well liked when i first started uh, right. it was uh <laughs> it was hard for me to be accepted um i was bound and determined to prove that americans could play this game i always said that and i um was able to compete against them and those things really didn't bother me had a had an incident where um where they put a lot of uh a lot of pictures on my um on my locker uh swastikas hitler pictures yeah wow. it was uh it, it was it was a very ugly day that day in the locker room but uh on the court you know i I probably won everything you could win here in the United States and um, being able to compete and proving that Americans could play and I could play with the best of them uh, here and abroad. Cause I did play in, I competed in Spain and France in the summers. I was like a, a novelty, obviously the only American playing there. I had such a great following Crowds were unbelievable. Everybody, everybody from town would come in. And these are small towns, like the town of Guernica, which is uh, the famous Picasso drawing of the bombing of Guernica. That's where I, I played. I lived, and then I played in um, 
in all the surrounding towns, which they had highlight. And um, had a, I had a great, great support. And then I finally got accepted by the guys. And um, and here I am. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to gauge when my dad has a, met, a couple times referenced you as mm-hmm. the Babe Ruth of Highlight. Like I'm trying to get a read whether you're someone who owns that or whether you're very modest about that. <laughs> like, are you prepared to like confirm this for us? Like, yes, I am the best ever. Or are you just going to take the modest route? I will take the modest route. That's the way I've always been. I'm not one to blow my horn. I've always said that my playing on the court and my accomplishments speak for themselves. Um, And I've never been one to walk into the locker room cocky or anything like that. I was just, just wanted to be professional, but I, uh, I never blew my own horn on it. And I, and I never will. Love a good blowing of the, of the old horn every once in a while. Well, let me tell you something. Joey's being modest. Our guest today is not only the Babe Ruth, uh, but also the Michael Jordan and the Wayne Gretzky. Dad, you do have a tendency to bloviate. I'm not doubting Joey. I'm just saying you are the king of like when (laughs) guests come on here of really building him up. I'm not doubting Joey. I'm just saying like I feel like there's something we can meet in the middle. Joey's probably like a top four highlight player ever. Like that's just like, can we just say that? Does it have to be the best? Your dad is a legend, Chris. You guys are going to do this thing. You guys are going to play tennis with compliments. Go ahead. You guys can play tennis. I appreciate that more, more. No, um, let's pivot here. Christopher is a first time highlight team owner. Yeah. Our guest, Joey Cornblit is the premier voice of American highlight. Christopher, you must need to pick his brain on the sport and getting into it. Do you put, do you play Chris? I have. I don't play. I'm pretty new. I'm very athletic. I, I got this uh, opportunity because I, I, I'm like okay. the best athlete on our show. So if anyone was going to take this mantle, I'm, I coached high school baseball. I, I'm an athlete by nature. It's in my soul. I love coaching. So this this was right up my alley. And I need you to like help me with the terms. You know, I know pelota. I know sesta. Chula. I know a chula. Like on the on the on the. Chula. Yeah. See, thank you. We're learning already. Um, just what else? Just like make me smarter in with highlight. Uh, dos paredes, two wall. When they throw a carom okay. shot, carom, dos paredes in Spanish. Uh, chula. Yep. Uh, yeah, you all these down. For you me. don't see many yeah. chick chacks in um, Magic Casino because I see from what I've seen, the ball comes out where a chick chack would be. It would hit near the back wall on the floor, hit the floor, the back wall, and then go right back to the floor. And it's called a chick-chack. And you don't see many of that in... Uh, see, that's just one of those terms that I don't even need to see it, but I can just say it out loud a couple times yeah. and people will be like, yeah, this guy knows this guy's what he's been doing his homework. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to say. Joey, I want to personally invite you to Magic City Highlight on March 20th, Sunday, March 20th, when Christopher's making his debut as an owner. We're going to have a suite, and we would love you, the Babe Ruth, the king of American Highlight, to join us as an honored guest. Yes. I appreciate that. What time is it? We'll talk offline, and we'll see if you okay. can make it. Yes. But but you definitely an open invitation for you if, if you're willing. And, uh, awesome. But we're excited about it. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm excited to I, – I love a new challenge, and I'm diving into this head first. You'd be – you'd like to play probably. I, I want to get out there and, and throw it around if I – like yeah. I'm going on, on Wednesday to talk to me with the team. 
um, beforehand. So I might, you know, you know, have to toss the old it's a, pelota. It's a great sport, man. It, it, it It's such a great sport. Yeah. And, and, you know, Magic City is doing all they can with the way the circumstances are. They're doing the best thing that they can, only it's not on a professional court, let's say. Right. And played with a, a hard ball. It's yeah. played with a, a good ball that's perfect for that court. When I went there, I was talking to Ara, the player's manager, which I played with for years, and he was showing me the ball. That the ball is really good, but it's not a hard ball, and it's not a, a like a Dania or Miami court. So it's different. It, it's different. Everything changes. Unfortunately, the way the sport is, you know, at least we're watching some highlight. And they were able to get it on, on TV. Yep. I played for all those years in the <laughs> best years of highlight, and we never, except we once had it on on TV. Remember on oh, TV? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so we had it on on TV. Um, they would show like three games a week, and uh, it was pretty cool. And then they stopped in, in the best years. And now these guys got it on. on I think it's great that, you know, people are able to see it. Well, we uh, we really look forward to March 20th when the uh, Chris Cody era Sesta Cyclones are going to debut. Well, under no, his it, it's already happening. I'm just making I'll be out there right. with the team for the first time. Right. But it's your debut, the, re, the debut of your regime. And uh, and we look forward to hopefully having the great Joey highlight icon to uh, be look in forward. our suite joining look us. Look forward to it. Great. That'd yeah. be fantastic. Joey, yeah. seriously, um, appreciate all you've done. Uh, you're a South Florida legend. You're in the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. What's it like? Um, what's it like to walk around and be able to say that you're the best at something or one of the best at something? It's pretty cool. It is cool. <laughs> it, it, it is cool. All my, all my all my friends think it's it's so cool, and I go, ah, you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's great. I mean, I, I obviously inside, I I know what I accomplished. I revolutionized the sport in a different way of playing very aggressive and that's the way I was taught. Uh, but yeah, that, of course that feels good. You know, there's no doubt about it, but thanks for know, joining us, Joey. Like, yeah, seriously, hey, Chris, Greg, thank you for having me. And, uh, Chris, good luck with your team. Thank you. And send, send me some info on the 20th. Awesome. Yes. Thanks for having me. For sure. Take we'll care. see you then. Thanks, Joey. Bye-bye. Yep. Well, that was fun. Look at us. The rare non-sequential uh, interview uh, episode. Non-sequential. Non-sequential, ra- non-linear as well. The rare, the rare non, uh, you know, we did, we, this was an old school episode for us where we, you know, just did a couple interviews and then had to plot a couple things in between it. I don't, I don't generally love the flow of these type of interviews, but I, I did enjoy our two. Flow. I did enjoy, t- we did this week. We went with the flow. We had two interviews, so. I'm happy with this episode, Dad. This is just me talking again because Greg Cody can't. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed this episode because... Um, you enjoy all the episodes, though. Your judgment's terrible with this. Well, it was fun to have JT Daly on, and thank you again, JT. And um, I've been a big fan of Joey and a big fan of Highly ever since I lived right near the Dania Highly Fronton in the 80s and early 90s. So this was a big thrill for me. I, I really genuinely enjoyed this episode. I wonder how many times, if we wanted to 
try to do a thing where we're going to have a Joey on every week for like for as long as we can in a row. How many times in a row do you think we could have a, like, even if it's just a, like a, a 10 second clip of them, like, Hey, this is Chris's friend, Joey. I'm on the show. And then boom, yeah. that's our quota for that week. Now, and then every Joey on Twitter is going to be in my DMS now. That's true. Do you know a lot of Joey's? <laughs> no, I don't never been to Australia. Yeah. Good. Good joke. You know what? If we want to start a Joey streak, I'm up for it. I like that idea. Right. But I, I think Yeti is right on this. Like, it doesn't become that fun if it's just a guy named Joey on Twitter who's at Joey underscore 43. <laughs> like, I feel like it's funny if it's Joey the highlight guy and then it's my my friend Joey and then we kind of lose some steam. I find it interesting, you know, when, um, and I've had this discussion with Billy Gill, when does a Joey become a Joe or a Joseph? Like, Joey seems like a name for an eight-year-old yeah. going to Little League practice. It Is this like, did you like ask Billy know. this in the context of Bill and Billy? Yeah, and William, right. Yeah, my friend Joey is, you know, in his 30s, and everyone still calls him Joey. Uncle Joey. I think Joey can be uh, yeah, any There's age no reason thing. Joey can't be everlasting. Yeah. Okay. Joey everlasting. There you go. Because Joey uh, Cornblit, the highlight phenom, not a phenom, but a legend, is uh, close to my age. He's got to be. What's you know, better, being a legend or a phenom? I know we're well, kind of, you know, we're kind of, they're, we're kind of stealing the Levitard show territory of like this kind of game, but they're almost like different ends of the scale. You know, a phenom is the newcomer who's becoming big, and a legend has right. been there, done that. That's why phenom was a terrible word to use, baby. <clears throat> yeah, it really was. <laughs> it really was. My voice isn't that bad when I go low. So I'm I'm going to Austin. Well, I'm actually in Austin right now when you're listening to this. Yes, you are. Um, Where's the live report for the great Goaty show? I don't hit. Yep, it's great. I'm here in Austin. Okay. Uh, (laughs) It's definitely not two days before I leave. (laughs) I don't like flying, though. I have to fly. It's actually one day before I leave. I leave tomorrow. I don't don't like flying. I just, I, I don't like, when I'm in the, once I'm in the flight and I'm like in it, I'm like totally cool. But it's just like the day of and like the morning of, I just get like this like antsy feeling. Yeah. It's, a, it's a wasted day. Even if you live close to the airport, it's just like your whole day is gone. Yeah. And like all the stress of getting there. And then and then it's just yep. like, yeah. I got a pack know. right now. It's just like, uh, yeah, it's just. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. It is. It's anxiety uh, ridden. All right. Enough of this. Your voice is just annoying me. Yeah. I love you. Get better. Thank you. And thank you all audience. I apologize for my voice. I'm taking steps to remedy it and uh, that kind of thing. And we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I claim that I did. So uh, we'll, we'll see you all again next week. Guys, this show has two people in it that have a number one album on iTunes. I know, that's wild. It's so awesome. As and I get to it. kind of be here and be, I, I get to be your puff daddy to your Biggie Smalls. I'm going to ride these coattails all the way to... <laughs> Maybe selling two copies of my next single. JT, JT hit us with a yeah. You can we can kind of say we have the number one. It's he's like on on iTunes. <laughs> I was like yeah. I was like I'm saying it, JT. I'm saying it. It's a number one album somewhere. That's more than most of us can say. That's right. 